strapping on my face. It's the man, it's the man, watch that. It's the man, it's the man, watch that. It's the man, it's the man, watch that. Hey, you're listening to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, in this week's podcast, we're reviewing Moonlighting, which was a breakthrough role for Bruce Willis. So it got me to thinking about other big-name stars who made their name on television. Here's a partial list of what comes to mind. Leonardo DiCaprio. He was cast as Luke Brower on Growing Pains, who moves in with the Seavers once it's discovered he's homeless. He appeared in Season 7 of the series. It was a ploy to boost the ratings, but even Leo didn't have that much power. George Clooney. While never a series regular, he did play the handyman on The Facts of Life, before appearing in Roseanne as Booker Brooks, the foreman at Wellman Plastics, and eventual love interest of Jackie. Jennifer Lawrence. The Oscar-winning actress played the rebellious teenage daughter of the Pearson family in The Bill Engvall Show for three seasons from 2007 to 2009. Michael B. Jordan appeared in episodes of Cosby and the Sopranos, but he's remembered fondly from his role in the first season of The Wire, a series I still have not seen. He was also in seasons four and five of Friday Night Lights, a series I have seen. Chris Pratt, the affable actor who seems to be in everything and is apparently the only actor who can do voiceover work, was a series regular on the Greg Berlanti-created series Everwood. It aired for four seasons, 89 episodes on the WB. Another popular actor, Ryan Reynolds, starred in the teen soap Hillside, appearing in all four seasons as Billy Simpson. The Canadian series aired on Nickelodeon under the name Fifteen. Speaking of Nickelodeon, Christine Taylor starred on the network series Hey Dude, where she played lifeguard and dance instructor Melody Hansen at the Bar None Dude Ranch. While this last one isn't specifically a television series, it was on music television. That's right, MTV. Courtney Cox got her big break in the 1984 music video Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen, where she's pulled on stage by the boss and they dance in the light. It was directed by Brian De Palma. So how's that list? Anyone I forget? Reach out to me on social media with the hashtag MattWatchThat. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is Skip It. Two stars, Watch at Your Own Risk. Three stars, Standard Fair. Four stars, Worth Checking Out. And five stars, Must See. Now if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the pilot episode for Moonlighting from 1985. So how'd I miss it? Well, I was too young to watch it during its initial run, and it just was never the first thing that I wanted to see on a watch list, but here we are. 
It was directed by Robert Butler, who helmed episodes of The Untouchables, Kung Fu, Remington Steel, and won three Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Directing for Hill Street Blues and The Blue Knight. The screenplay was written by creator Glenn Gordon Karen, who scribed episodes of Remington Steel, Now and Again, Medium, and Bull. The series stars Bruce Willis as David Addison Jr., His father was an American soldier based in West Germany, where Willis was born, before the family relocated to New Jersey. He appeared in episodes of Miami Vice and The Twilight Zone before earning the lead role in Moonlighting. His big-screen breakthrough was in the movie Die Hard as Detective John McClane. He would go on to voice Mikey in the Look Who's Talking films, Butch Coolidge in Pulp Fiction, and my favorite role of his, David Dunn in Unbreakable. Sybil Shepard plays Maddie Hayes. Similar to her character, she started out her career as a model, representing her hometown of Memphis in the Miss Teenage American Beauty pageant. A 1970 Glamour magazine cover shoot led to Peter Bogdanovich casting her in The Last Picture Show, her first feature to which she was nominated for a Golden Globe. She would star in The Heartbreak Kid, Taxi Driver, and The Lady Vanishes before her role in Moonlighting. This is something to look out for. A couple of familiar faces... The late Liz Sheridan, most famous for playing Jerry Seinfeld's mother, appears as Selma. Dennis Stewart, who portrayed Leo, a.k.a. Craterface, from Greece, has a role as Klaus Gunter in the pilot. The episode starts with Jonathan Kaplan going on a morning run. He's pursued by a man with a blonde mohawk named Klaus Gunter. He attempts to confront the man, but is met with silence. When he continues running, he is followed once again. When Klaus pulls a gun... Jonathan runs into the street to avoid him and is hit by a car. As the police arrive, Klaus steals the man's watch before leaving. Meanwhile, Maddie Hayes was a popular model, appearing on the cover of Glamour and Vogue. She was most noted for being the face of Blue Moon Shampoo. She's since fallen on hard times. Her staff has quit due to their paychecks bouncing. She's certain it's a mistake, but when she uses her landline to call her accountant, it's been disconnected. She drives downtown to the offices, and it's completely empty. When she visits her lawyer, he informs her that her business managers have embezzled money, but only took liquid assets, cash in the bank, stocks. She still has sources of income through businesses that were invested in. Dog grooming, fingernail boutique, family portrait store. Jeez, remember those? The investments lost $450,000 and were intended as write-offs. You know, you just write it off. Her lawyer advises her to visit all the businesses and liquidate the ones she can. She arrives at City of Angels Investigations and demands to meet the person in charge. Q, David Addison Jr. He's fast-talking, could have been a car salesman. He recognizes Maddie but can't place from where and misidentifies her as Miss March, Playmate of the Month. After he puts his foot in his mouth, he attempts to charm her but it doesn't work. She fires him on the spot due to the company registering significant losses during three years of operation. Their conversation ends with her slapping him across the face. That night, while Maddie is on a date with a plastic surgeon, David interrupts to plead his case to keep the operations running. He says it was their job to lose money. If she keeps the business open, all he needs is to land one big case, and with her name and reputation, they can turn a profit. Cue the big case. Klaus Gunter calls a man named Heinz and wants to make an exchange for the watch. They had planned on meeting tomorrow night, but Klaus believes he's being followed. They decide to meet up within an hour. On his drive, 
Klaus gets pursued by a vehicle. A car chase ensues, followed by a foot race, which ends up in the same building as the restaurant our main characters are at. As Maddie waits for the elevator to leave, Klaus appears and attempts to give her a watch, and falls dead at her feet, knife in his back. Here's a quote without context. It's either that, or the man wears an obscene amount of blue rouge. Once you get over the concept of moonlighting, which is a little convoluted, there's a fun little show in there. The leads had great chemistry. There was a lot of fast-talking, overlapping dialogue, which they executed like a dance routine. Surprising for an 80s series, they used the B-word, which I don't think I've heard outside of a Richard Pryor comedy special. The pacing was really good, though I still haven't decided if the chase with Klaus Gunter should have been cut down, or if it built up the right amount of tension. The fight scenes were a little cheesy and could have been helped with some score, but that's a minor quibble. Otherwise, it's a breezy pilot that holds up. Have to give a shout-out to Alice Beasley, who performed the secretary Agnes DePesto. She was nominated for two Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. She was married to Vincent Schiavelli. Something interesting they did, over the end credits, they had the theme song with footage from the episode. I'm not sure why they decided to put it there, instead of at the beginning. Maybe they didn't want spoilers. It'll be interesting to see if they do that in subsequent episodes. Now for a little trivial trivia. If Maddie's house looks familiar, the same set was used in an episode of Columbo. The cinematography was captured by Michael D. Margulies, whose filmography includes My Bodyguard, Police Academy, and The Magic of Lassie. It was co-edited by Artie Mandelberg, who would become an associate producer of Moonlighting, and Neil Mandelberg, who worked on Medium and Ghost Whisperer. The score was composed by Alf Clausen, who wrote the music for The Critic and Alf. He's won two Primetime Emmy Awards for his work on The Simpsons. The show's theme song was co-written by Lee Holdridge and jazz singer Al Jarreau, who performed the track. It was produced by Niall Rogers, co-founder of the disco funk group Chic, and went to number one on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. The runtime is 1 hour 33 minutes, with subsequent episodes running anywhere from 45 to 49 minutes. The pilot was originally presented on the ABC Sunday Night Movie. I give it 4 stars, I think, out of 5. Moonlighting was on for 5 seasons, 67 episodes, from 1985 to 1989. The series was nominated for over 60 industry awards and won 6 primetime Emmys. If you've seen Moonlighting and have opinions on the series, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along... Each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. This week, we're doing a deep dive into the Steinberg-Kelly partnership. You might not know the names, but you certainly know the hits. Billy Steinberg was born and raised in California. In the mid-70s, he formed the band Billy Thermal. While they didn't have much mainstream success, his song How Do I Make You was covered by Linda Ronstadt in 1980. In that same year, Pat Benatar would cover I'm Gonna Follow You for her album Crimes of Passion. Meanwhile, Tom Kelly grew up in Illinois and moved out to Los Angeles in 1974. He was part of the backup band for Dan Fogelberg and was a session musician for a variety of artists. He went on tour with Toto as their rhythm guitarist in 1979. In 1981, Steinberg and Kelly met at a party and decided to collaborate, a partnership that would last over a decade, which includes five number one hit singles on the Billboard Top 100 chart. 
Like a Virgin by Madonna, True Colors by Cyndi Lauper, So Emotional by Whitney Houston, Alone by Heart, and Eternal Flame by The Bangles, which they co-wrote with Susanna Hoffs. Other notable hits include I Drove All Night, originally recorded by Roy Orbison, which became a big hit for Cyndi Lauper, and later covered by Celine Dion. In Your Room, an underrated gem from The Bangles, co-written with Susanna Hoffs, I'll Stand By You by The Pretenders, co-written with Chrissy Hind, and I Touch Myself, co-written with Christine Amphlett and Mark McKenzie of The Divinals. They also wrote songs for Tina Turner, Patti Smythe, and Bette Midler. Tom Kelly retired from music in the 90s. Billy Steinberg continues to write for Stevie Nicks, Belinda Carlisle, Catherine McPhee, and Demi Lovato. Steinberg and Kelly were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2011. I've selected a couple of their tunes for the Matt Watch That Playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Honey Boy. It was written by Shia LaBeouf while in therapy, partially based on his experiences growing up as a child star with an alcoholic father. I remember seeing this movie advertised on Amazon Prime. They had a huge banner for it when you signed in. I had heard good things about it, but I needed to be in that mood. I was pleasantly surprised by this film. Independent films always come down to the performances. They can't afford CGI or special effects, elaborate car chases. They have to rely on storyline and acting. And this cast delivers. Noah Jupe is spectacular as young Otis. He's best well known for A Quiet Place, its sequel, and most recently the series The Undoing. I understand that people from England grow up with American programming, but it still astounds me when they can pull off a perfect accent. Lucas Hedges plays the older Otis. He appeared in Boy Erased, Lady Bird, and was nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role for Manchester by the Sea, another Amazon Studios film. The rest of the cast includes Shia LaBeouf, Byron Bowers, Natasha Lyonne, and FKA Twigs. It was directed by Alma Harrell. Don't expect too many laughs, it's a dramatic movie, but it's certainly worth the watch. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, Use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSaroski.com for the latest news and updates. And come back next time for the reviews, rants, and randomness. The screenplay was written by creator Gordon Glenn... Oh boy, I butchered. Totally butchered that name. Meanwhile, Tom Kelly grew up in Illinois. Oh, I just put an S on Illinois. How embarrassing.